Hello everyone. Welcome to Art Town podcast series or ATPS as we like to call it. Every week on Friday we feature art and design professionals who take us through their journey in this fascinating world of art. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Spotify and with that let's continue with the show and dive deep into the ocean of art. Today we have with us a person whose versatility is unparalleled. He is Tanay Kumar. He isn't just a designer, he is an explorer. He started his voyage as an architect, but his passion for animation led him to upgrade his skills by taking up masters in visual communications. After achieving a gold medal in it from IIT Bombay, he went on to create his own company, Practical Ink Design Studio, a decade ago. The company is India's largest experienced design company and has been acquired by Dentsu Network Japan. Even after a successful entrepreneurial journey, his quest of self-discovery wasn't finished. His willingness to go back to the roots of designing led him to take up watercolor painting 2 years ago. His paintings have already been sold for lakhs and have been selected for international art galleries as well. So let's straight dive into our conversation which will lead you to hunt your deeper selves. Hello Tanay sir it is our pleasure to host you today and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Happy to uh, be. Yeah. So before we jo- before we dive into our actual conversation about art and design I just want to ask you a general question how are you and how is lockdown treating you I mean I think I think uh, I've got settled in lockdown uh, it's treating me well I've got kind of really trying for myself and I think overall there has been some discovery about myself which uh, yeah. which actually took over and mm-hmm. I think I'm quite happy with it uh, obviously uh, not happy with the overall situation of the pandemic itself but as far as uh, staying at home and kind of really spending time with family and kind of really looking at alternative ways of doing stuff uh, even kind of conducting office um, i think i think it was it was good yeah it's great to know that you are doing well and i hope you and your family are sa- safe absolutely yeah so uh, moving towards your career and the earlier stage of your um, career so you started up as a architect right so you took up your career in architecture so uh, how did you come across this career and how did you find yourself interested like when did you get get to know that you are interested in this field so you know what i think uh, uh, this uh, i come from a small town of jamshedpur i don't know if you uh, read about me but uh, and uh, jamshedpur is a, is, is a city mm-hmm. where you either when you're growing up you're either a doctor or an engineer yeah you don't have any other choices for your career yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and uh, that was same for me as well i come from a background where my dad was an electrical engineer uh, my sister is an engineer uh, and i was actually almost kind of really into the same domain as well so i did engineering for close to a year uh, i was into civil engineering but somehow uh, uh, yeah so after a year of civil engineering i think i was i, was, I got bored with it i really kind of really didn't think that there's something that i would do or probably kind of do uh, take up for my life as a career. 
and uh, fortunately mm-hmm. uh, after the first year i did apply for architecture and the reason of applying to architecture was uh, not to kind of do architecture it was more to do with i kind of really in love of sketching uh, so i thought i know what anything that allows me to really use my pencil all my life i think i'll do that yeah so yeah. Uh, it wasn't kind of i i was not exposed to anything like commercial art or kind of art as a background and architecture was the closest to where you can have a professional degree into it so yeah. i thought you know what why don't can jump into architecture uh, yeah. and i think that's how the journey into architecture started and overall overall i think uh, i when i look back i think the decision was i don't know was, was it right or wrong but it was definitely satisfying all through mm-hmm. uh, so after graduating i did kind of really work for some time in arc as an architect and uh, post that went into communication design as well so yeah i mean i think i think you know what in the in the days i this is this i'm talking about the 95 between 94 95 in those days you know what there wasn't kind of so many choices for you uh and kind of really the information wasn't readily available as as it is right now you know what yeah. uh, and that that really kind of made us almost kind of really discover things on your way which mm-hmm. means that when you jump into a career you look into it and whether it, and then you decide whether you like it or not it wasn't kind of there was a period where i could talk to like 100 people before joining it yeah so i feel a lot of people can uh, relate to you your story because there are a lot of people out there who have maybe who were forced to take or weren't exposed to many career options and that's why they just took up the cliche um career streams and they just realized what they want to do afterwards so it needs a lot of courage to maybe you know just go out there and change your career fields and uh do what you actually like so i guess a lot of people are going to relate on that and your story is going to inspire as uh, inspire them as well yeah hope so hope so definitely yeah so after completing your architecture you took up uh, visual communications right you did masters in yeah. it from iit bombay yeah so um uh, then after uh, architecture what made you inclined towards visual communications because uh, like uh, like is it that uh, common to take up uh, visual communications after architecture a oh, oh, lot of lot of kind of uh, uh, i mean okay visual communication is a discipline where uh, you're more tuned towards uh, communication and graphic design yeah yeah now uh, it was a departure from architecture because architecture is all about built forms yeah uh, actually really is not kind of really in so much into graphics and it was it is more it is more into structure it's more into form and all those kind of things uh, but the decision was mostly taken when i was working in bombay uh, for close to a year in an architectural firm and what attracted me was animation so uh, oh. i was there i learned uh, uh, a software called 3ds max and uh because because i just kind of really liked creating buildings i started creating buildings inside that software and in in some time i was slightly more kind of comfortable with it where the owner of the firm told me to do some walkthroughs yeah you said you know what i don't to create some animation yeah, for the yeah. building that we're doing and uh that somehow actually really uh kind of stayed with me i i really enjoyed doing it and that probably made me believe that you know what rather than actually doing making buildings i might actually go into animation as a, as a, as a as a career mm-hmm. and uh, that's where i started kind of looking out for opportunities where i could study study animation as a uh, profession and uh, communication design at idc uh, was one place where they allowed you to kind of really have animation as a specialization while you're doing your masters 
So yeah. uh, that's how it's all culminated culminated into it. But right now, I don't do any bit of animation. In fact, mm. even after graduating, I didn't do any animation. Uh, animation was at the background. I actually discovered something else on the way, and then that actually really transformed my career altogether. So uh, as I said. things happen on the way it it's almost like you are actually thinking about a certain path you take that path and it's along the path you are already get kind of start seeing that there are many more paths which can be really taken and then you take that one uh which actually comes next or probably excites you so i think that's how i changed from architecture into communication design it was primarily through animation as my main trigger mhm Okay, so it's kind of interesting to know that how you have changed uh, your career streams and how many experiences have you got. This tells how important it is to explore to be satisfied at the end, right? I agree. I th- I think I think you you probably hit the nail on the head, uh, saying that you know, you, it 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 needs to give you pleasure when you are actually into it. Yeah, it needs to yeah. Uh, it needs to absorb you as 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 a person, and that's the only time when when a career or a profession becomes kind of really your 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 DNA. Otherwise, it's always a job. Yeah, you're always a job doing a job. You're doing into a nine going to a nine to five stuff, and you're kind of really completing what is given to you. You never kind of really want to do more in that. So I think you're right. It, it's it's almost like you discovering what you like, and then probably make that as your prime DNA to really do something more. Yeah. So speaking about exploring, you have also been uh, a entrepreneur, right? You have uh, you are the brains behind the Fractal Inc mm-hmm. Design Studio, right? And uh, like, what gave you the idea after doing your visual arts? What made you inclined towards uh, just starting your own company and going out there and uh, just being on your own? And can you run us through your uh, journey as an entrepreneur? Uh, sure. Uh, you know what? I think when when I graduated, both as an architect or uh, post that, when I did my uh, design from IIT Bombay, uh, you know what? As a designer, you always kind of start reading about architects or designers who have made their mark in the in the field. Yeah. And when you when you have to read their biographies or kind of look at their work, you almost kind of really have this aspiration of creating something which belongs to you. Okay. You're not yeah. a, a, a mere a, a person who who conducted architecture or conducted design you want a piece of it to be related or kind of really etched in mm-hmm. the history that you know what you created this and and this yeah. is a mark that you leave in the field of design and every i think every designer or every, every everybody in the creative profession requires that amount of personal kind of really touch to the things that he is he or she is creating yeah yeah and that probably was the trigger for me to uh, really one jump into entrepreneurship i wouldn't call it as entrepreneurship at the at the start it was more kind of a freelance that i was doing at that point of time mm-hmm. it wasn't kind of really thought of as somebody as something that i'll create a business out of uh, but i was definitely sure that i'm not going to really keep doing something that it's other some something that that belongs to somebody else okay i'm not going to carry out somebody else's vision yeah mm. uh so i am going to do even if i'm a one person army i would actually really go into that and probably create something that i will claim it as mine and i think that that aspiration uh, uh turned into me not taking up an active job since the start so after graduating i immediately went into freelance after iit bombay uh yeah. i then kind of really uh, thankfully there were kind of really good connections and friendships that i've made along the way uh so my first project was designing the television channel i don't know if you know there was a, there was a channel called z news 
Yeah, obviously, yeah. So, uh, back in 2003, I got the opportunity to design that channel. So, okay. uh, uh, one of the one of the earliest memories of all kind of fondest memories are when I went to the whole studio. I had to design the um, online look. I had to design uh, part of the set. I had to actually. Uh, I also designed the logo for Dish TV. Um, which is kind of really uh, now the one that is there is an ad- adaptation of the original one that I did, the mm-hmm. first one that I came up with. So I think over, over the, that was that was probably gave me some con- that probably gave me some confidence that I can operate alone, and I can actually really uh, survive in this world with with this kind of a mechanism where I pick up projects and kind of really deliver it through what I think. it should be so so that was the start of it i never kind of thought out of thought of it as somebody who will run a business to be honest and slowly i think uh it turned into a business thankfully and people started trusting and it grew to a size where now i am actually quite proud of the organization which is there as factoring uh but that's mm-hmm. how it started it started pretty much as a freelance career you know i don't know if yeah. that explains or did i kind of uh you, you want to probe that further yeah after listening to your story uh, now i get this uh, point that there in fact there are a lot of people out there uh, in this design field who are freelancers and who start as a freelancer so maybe the the sense of taking ownership of your work is what makes them uh, do work for themselves and not working for a company can you can you say that Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. The other thing is that you know what design is not not a design or probably even architecture. I would say to some level is not a mainstream profession where you get a job. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. If you are graduating as an engineer, you pretty much want a job in Infosys, DTS, or want to go abroad. Yeah. And yeah. that typically, and all of these jobs kind of pay you at at a massive scale. I mean, that's a scale which probably artists and designers would never be able to command when they come out of the college. So yeah. in my times as well, it was the same thing. As a as a as an architect, I was not able to kind of really demand the salary that a person working in TCS or Infosys could do. And uh, at that point of time, the risk of actually, uh, what was the risk? I was I was, I was earning four thousand rupees in my first job in Bombay, uh, and uh, the risk of giving up the job was just a four k. Now, if I can earn four thousand rupees by any other means, okay. either by kind of scouting for a job for myself or growing a freelance i am done i am actually so so my my kind of really aim was to earn 4000 rupees on my own without kind of a backing of a business or a company behind me that was what the uh, i would say my barrier was and i think mm-hmm. that 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 small barrier itself was in some way to and, and i would say that today as well many artists and designers i mean take risk earlier in the in your in your journey Mm-hmm. the the more you get invested in your job and kind of take longer to start up on your own uh mm-hmm. the, the comfort that you start kind of really enjoying will actually not make you kind of take the risk yeah suddenly you'll have a salary coming and if you buy a big tv and then kind of really invest into netflix and then you say you know what if i give up all this my netflix will go i will kind of be left with no television uh or kind of no car then probably uh you're already kind of really lost the journey okay you're already into another journey which probably can take you wherever you want to but i'm saying the entrepreneur in you or probably the individuality that you seek probably will be lost at that point of time so if you want to do something start early in your journey mm-hmm. uh and and don't kind of really to me i i never thought you know what that experience really kind of really is 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 absolutely at the paramount importance 
at at the at the stage where i am where is kind of celebrated uh i think in some way uh i brought a fresh perspective into it because i didn't have any baggage of something or somebody else's uh knowledge so uh, the 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 projects that i did initially in the career probably what i think right now when i look back is probably brought freshness into the things that people seeked for or my clients seeked for and i could do that because i didn't have a baggage of working in an organization i could think completely independently yeah uh, speaking uh, about the start since start you have uh, just been just gone deeper and deeper into this field right into the art sector yeah. so on the way you must have done a lot of projects and uh, like so while doing those projects from where do you find inspiration for designing and what is one project that you extremely that you are extremely proud of so i think uh, since since uh, design is a service industry okay it's not an industry where you create your products you actually have clientele and you respond to it okay uh, there have been many such instances where uh, i felt that i'm doing a great job okay it's not one particular design project that i'm can i can i can call out of my uh, uh, portfolio and say you know what this is the best work that i could do uh so there's a whole lot of stuff that i had done in the past but memorable time that i spent uh, uh in the field uh, was in london yeah so i was in london for close to 5 years and working for a design company called lbi and uh, since london was a, is the art capital of the world yeah the amount of exposure and the amount of uh, uh enlightenment that you get as a designer uh, when you're visiting a city like that was immense i think that's is that is the biggest influence uh uh, uh in my i mean i mean, that the city has the biggest influence on my life is what i can say uh it actually not only shaped on what i did today but also kind of really opened my eyes to what people around the world are into okay we might be kind of really a minuscule part of the world and but the world has moved on and actually has the perspective itself changes when you actually go to a place like like that yeah so i think a part of my career i owe to my time spent in london obviously uh, uh, it's not about the city itself it's about the people that i interacted with there the different cultures that i came in contact with contact with when why i was in london so the i i think it it evolved i think it evolved dramatically after that and i think the courage that uh, or probably the dream to make an organization uh, of the scale that it is today uh probably stemmed from there okay the roots were kind of really the seeds were kind of really uh, brought from that particular kind of experience that i had in london because looking at that city or looking at the kind of things that is happening on that side suddenly kind of brought a perspective towards you that you know what we as a country or we as designers in the country can make such a difference with just design as a as a, as a backbone yeah you yeah. don't I mean, it's it's like design was never celebrated in india okay yeah, that's that's a scientific we were always a technology first nation okay you can repair mm-hmm. computers but you can't kind of design anything that was what the perception is yeah yeah and i think that that itself gave uh, the the time that i spent there that itself gave me confidence that you know what i i don't think so that technology only alone can really change the nation i think it requires a careful kind of really evaluation into what exactly are we building on the back of this technology uh so the whole kind of a premise of fractaling design that i started mm-hmm. was uh built into designing for people yeah 
designing for the country and the context designing for something which actually is meaningful for people of of india yeah and that itself kind of really gave us so much of opportunity or probably opened so much of opportunity that i can't say i mean obviously it's it's the, the organization that was built was that was the backbone of it and i think the the size of it or the kind of uh, accomplishment that the company has got in the last decade uh, is is a is a showcase of the acceptance of this dream that i that that we started off with that yes design can change things yeah. that was a very different perspective and that totally blew my mind it is uh, it is adding to what i think about uh, designing sector and i'm thankful for that so the way you describe your journey uh, sounds like you were doing pretty well actually were doing great in uh, with the organization that you have founded so what made you go like what made you get out of it and what was the time when you first realized that maybe this is not something that i would like to continue doing okay so let me just clarify something here so i'm not still out of it okay okay <laughs> i'm still the ceo of the company and i still kind of really uh, uh very much invested into the company as such yeah okay But when you when you actually uh, move from from a freelancer or designer to a small comp- small organization of a design and then you build a company which is kind of more than 100 people mm-hmm. you, you kind of really become more an entrepreneur a businessman because every month i have to really think about that whether i will be able to sustain those 100 people or not yeah yeah so, and those 100 people are the ones that actually really go out and evangelize what you as an organization stand for which means that i am not factoring the factoring is 120 people who work for me they are the mm-hmm. ones who are designing day in day out yeah yeah so that that responsibility was taken off my shoulder of okay. kind of really going out designing arguing out working with clients and i think i had some able hands take off that load off from me Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, uh, uh, I still kind of really drive the vision. I still kind of really lead the organization in terms of every other aspect. If somebody wants to kind of really take my help, all this comes to me. Uh, but in this whole kind of really journey, and I and I think when I when I when I look back about, I mean, look back at my kind of really uh, uh, personality, I think somewhere on the line, this whole want of creating mm-hmm. yeah, that I want to create never went away. Yeah. so when when it when the job of that i i that that i was doing was taken or kind of offloaded to people who could do that probably some 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 people can do better than me then i started seeking for something else that i could create oh okay and i thought that i need i need that I, and i think as a person i need that i need that uh, uh my name attached to something that i have created uh and i think that's the reason why i moved or not moved i would say i would i started kind of really painting mm-hmm. uh i started kind of with watercolors around close to 2 to 2 and a half years back and uh i did i did kind of really used to sketch a lot because coming from architecture as a background and pencil as i said initially pencil was something that i wanted to spend my life with mm-hmm. uh, uh even as a child i was kind of quite quite attracted to that whole charcoal and the the the, the lead uh yeah i was quite attracted to that whole thing so i th- i think it just kind of really circled back to to that particular time when i want to pick up the pencil again i want to create again and uh an architecture being uh, uh being my kind of really the education 
somehow I started. If, if you look at if I look at my paintings, it's mostly invested into a lot of street scenes, a lot of architecture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I think I and and I, I think I want to capture that. It comes naturally to me. I can I can I can see through the clutter into the beauty of the architecture. Uh, so even if you if you if you if you take me to a to a, to to a to a very very crowded place, I still kind of cut through the clutter and kind of see the beauty of the architecture. I I, I can do that. Uh, so I think that that all that kind of really combined uh, 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 kind of really gave me gave me some kind of really a venting out mechanism that you know what. Okay, fine. Let me try this out. I, I think this might actually really satisfy the need of creating again. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, what you said right now it just moved me. So uh, you are doing watercolor, right? Right now. So uh, what made you choose watercolor as your medium? So uh, like, why didn't you continue with um, the pencil? Because you were a f- uh, you were kind of fond of. uh the charcoal uh, more than watercolor so why didn't you continue with that and choose watercolor as your medium so uh, uh okay fine as a self okay when you when you actually learn art i have never learned art in a college or never gone to a college to learn art so i don't know how people actually really narrow down on a medium that actually is something that they are comfortable with so i don't know a formal process of it okay. the problem is that i think and this is purely purely kind of really reflection there's nothing don't take this that this is the formula to really find out what medium you like i somehow feel that the medium chooses you actually really you don't choose the medium the medium automatically kind of chooses you okay and somehow the feeling of satisfaction really emerges when you are playing with a particular medium uh it's not that i have not tried acrylic i have tried acrylic i have tried charcoal obviously was something that i used to enjoy but suddenly when i actually thought that okay fine let me try watercolors it the, the kind of the kind of things that started to happen with watercolor was something that that was that was amazing okay one that watercolor actually is 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 something that you can't control yeah i don't know if yeah. you have ever kind of worked with watercolor as a medium but watercolor is a medium which you shouldn't kind of really be trying to control so much yeah it has a mind of its own unlike oil and acrylics yeah. where it's a very controlled medium you know what what stroke will give you what kind of color and you almost know that what kind of stroke you want to give but in watercolor it actually half the painting is done by watercolor's mind in itself yeah so it actually flows in its own direction at times it will kind of really change color when it mixes on the paper with some other color uh, the transparency and the light actually gives it a different kind of dimension altogether and suddenly you find yourself enjoying it because you didn't aim for it but whatever you're seeing on the paper is you, you like it yeah. yeah so so i think somewhere down the line that aspect of watercolor uh, of it being more of friend rather than i controlling the medium so with watercolor you have to be friends with you have to almost kind of feel that it's another living being which you are working together with and that's when i think it flourishes and i think that aspect of watercolor what attracted me it actually really at times emerges the painting that emerges at times is 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 non planned yeah so i i kind of really just feel that i didn't think about it in this way it suddenly starts to look that way yeah i am glad that you chose watercolor or as you say watercolor chose you so there are the, your work is very versatile in terms of what you paint so how did you choose the subject of your painting what is your process of choosing it 
so one is definitely something which which will so 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 okay okay my inspiration or probably my the way i learned stuff was looking at some of the masters so mm-hmm. uh, alvaro or i don't know if you know alvaro castignet uh, or kind of really joseph uh, zubevic uh, these are the painters whom actually i follow quite uh, quite regularly yeah and uh, i think part of my technique or part of my philosophy towards art comes from look, listening to them yeah mm-hmm. uh, how do they look at subject or how do they choose subject now although although you can listen to them and you can actually really see how they are doing it but once you start kind of doing your own you start to realize that you have a signature of your own actually when it comes to uh, choosing subject in my case a uh, lot of my paintings uh, obviously are street scenes but some of them are very very kind of really normal objects huh? mm-hmm. some of them are, are are so normal that in a normal day to day life you would ignore it yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so at times i pa- I, i painted a fire hydrant yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, which was coming out of 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 of, of bits of grass and stuff and and i i really kind of really i and nobody would notice it even kind of while walking it as a piece of uh, something that you can paint yeah but yeah, suddenly yeah. those kind of really things which are hidden which are not kind of really so obviously apparent when you're looking at or you're crossing that uh, place is something that i want to pick up mm-hmm. you miss something that you as a normal person will miss is something becomes a subject for me yeah yeah so my actually really endeavor most of the time is to look at objects or scenarios or kind of subjects which are lost uh, uh in your in your day to day life can i actually bring give them a new life can i actually can i bring it to focus and uh, obviously watercolor allows you to do that whole focus thing where you can actually blur out the edges and kind of bring that building to or kind of object to life yeah you can do that all those with watercolor so, so i think i think that's 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 my way of looking at subjects it's just been 2 years and your paintings have already been sold for like lakhs of rupees and they are going to be displayed in international art galleries as well so what do you think have helped you your paintings reach such heights in such a small time uh, is there any advice you would like to tell the painters to make their artwork stand out well, i think one thing is that you never you should never kind of aim to uh, i mean you never should paint to achieve uh fame yeah mm-hmm. uh, you should you should you should paint for yourself so be honest to the craft that you're you're into uh, yeah. and i think that honesty at times just shows off in people's appreciation if you keep kind of really looking at what gets sold and kind of try to say that can can i make the similar thing and then it will get sold mm-hmm. i think that's where the problem is yeah the problem yeah. is sold are not the ones which actually are inspired from other things the things that are sold are basically something which is honestly painted yeah so that that is one one tip the first tip that i would get that please get i mean after your learning when you i mean when i was learning i also kind of really copied a lot of stuff yeah? i kind of really inspirations <laughs> and took from all over the place and kind of tried to kind of uh imitate a lot of kind of really strokes etc but after a while i i started kind of really departing from uh just kind of really looking at other other people's work i started kind of really just going out and painting what i saw yeah yeah and i honestly kind of brought that into the picture 
uh, and I think that honesty at some level started showing up uh, into people recognizing it as something mm-hmm. that they like to see more. Yeah. Uh, always kind of really don't be shy about talking about what you thought. Okay. When I when I post when I post and I, I, I when I post my stuff on any of the social media, I do write about it. I do write about that. What exactly is the background and why I painted it here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that amount of anecdotal references, those small stories, bring the painting alive. Yeah, they they bring they bring context to why I picked up that subject, and I think that is what people attach it to. Uh, any, I mean, I would say that there there are the thousands and millions of painters who could do better than me, and I'm I'm sure that they would be doing better than me. And I my advice is that if you're a great painter, people need to see it, and you have to be honest about what you're painting and be kind of really open about talking about it. Okay. It can be anything. It can be meaningless. It can be really stupid stuff that actually made you paint certain things, but talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it, write about it and, 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 and be shameless about the uh, exhibit. Yeah. So, uh, because it's, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's your expression. It's, it's something that you thought it cannot be somebody else's thought. And the thing that sells is actually that honesty that you bring to the painting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think uh, uh, just from a just from a very very practical sense, I think in today's world, uh, social media has a lot of influence. True. Uh, try actually uh, using those sources uh, effectively. I got connected to galleries in internationally because I started kind of talking to them on on a social channels. I kind of really started following them. They reached out to me. Uh, after they reached out to me, I actually really had a conversation with them uh, uh, on Instagram itself. I, I never kind of looked at the phone. I thought probably let let me just kind of have a conversation. And and trust me, there are people who who are there to have a conversation. Just that it don't create a barrier for yourself. That how will you? I mean, will you be able to communicate or not? I think yeah. they are all kind of open for communication. They are all there to actually communicate. So, so just kind of really slightly be more, uh, 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 I would say, uh, uh, you have to come out of your shyness. I've seen a lot of people uh, become very shy of, and a lot of artists being very shy, come out of that closet and talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always heartening. It's always kind of really there are people who can listen to it. So those are the things that actually I think it has worked. And I, and, and as, as I said, I think I I think honesty in your work is something that probably is appreciated all across the world. So try creating honest paintings. Okay. So that was very insightful. And I must say that there were a few of the advices that even non-artists can take from. uh, So um, I know that you are uh, living a life like, like now that I know all of your story, I can Say that you have lived a life of maybe not one, but two, three per people. <laughs> <laughs> so you have actually explored a lot in your life. And you are, what you are doing right now, it's, it's going pretty well. But even then, I would just like to ask you, I'm just wondering, do you have any other aim in your mind or a, any other plan, dream project that you want to do in future? Maybe uh, just go yeah. out. I'm maybe just... I do, I do. So so basically, oh, wow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a actually... A, I'm 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 a driver by heart. Mm-hmm. So one of my dream is actually to drive around oh. uh, and as much as I can and paint. 
so uh, obviously some things on my mind is to actually go around uh, one my first trip is going to be around india and kind of covering that because it doesn't require visa Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, since I actually have lived in Europe for quite some time, mm-hmm. uh, and Europe is so beautiful, uh, one of my dream is to actually live in few cities of Europe for close to six to eight months and completely immerse into the culture and bring out what I can could capture from there. Yeah. So the idea is spend kind of time in these small little cities, villages of Europe. and uh, and actually really bring out the flavor of my experience with that place through my paintings wow wow and, uh, yeah so that's that's a dream that probably i don't know when i will be able to do because obviously the pandemic is not kind of really going away anytime soon so when travel becomes much more easier it will be fulfilled but overall uh, yeah i i i just have a dream, i just have this whole notion of myself actually having a Uh, uh, a a small van where i can put dump all my art stuff uh, probably have a sleeping bag inside the car itself and just can freely move around yeah Ooh. so that's that 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 probably something <laughs> I, i really fancy i would say yeah so thanks thanks a lot for giving me that inspiration so me. before we end this conversation i would just like to ask you one last question yep. you have inspired me a lot but is our then are there any general advices that you would like to give to the aspiring designers or the artists or even the entrepreneurs that who want to make it big in their life okay so i i think i talked a lot about artists as such uh, i am a impressionist by uh, uh, if you talk to me about genre of of an artist and if you are an impressionist uh, one of the one of the techniques or advice that i would give is that invest time into observation and sketching that's for yeah. that invest time into uh, so i almost can do value sketching on a, on a daily basis i do two three value sketches every i don't know if if you know about value sketching or not but i do that on a daily basis yeah uh, it's, yeah. it's one of the most important part of you actually if you're an impressionist if you're not an abstract painter that is yeah if you're more of an impressionist which works with light and and kind of really objects and real life uh then try investing a lot of time there because it really will help you sharpen your skill yeah, uh, yeah. a good painting is only made at the back of a good kind of ready's hand at sketching yeah that's that's for the that's for the artist for the designers i would say uh, uh design for people not only for clients yeah it's it's important for you to be standing up for what you think is right as a designer you're a problem solver you're not kind of truly only responding to what exactly your client wants mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, at some level it will feel very pompous that i am going to make that statement but this statement is true and that's one of the reasons why today factorlink one is one of the largest user experience company in the country because we stood up to our clients and and put up a fight for what we thought actually is right for their customers okay mm-hmm. so so as i said initially as well be honest uh, to what you bring to the table and i think mm-hmm. that honesty will at some at some point of time will be rewarded if not today it will be tomorrow or probably day after but it will be rewarded in long run please be honest to what you are doing to your craft that's for the designer as an entrepreneur i would say that as a design entrepreneur people is your biggest strength the more number of people who get aligned to your vision the bigger you will become as an entrepreneur so please value the people whom you work for 
like for example factlink is not me factlink is those 120 people who work there that's that's and, and if you don't value them you will never create a successful business yeah so make them valuable make them look good make them actually shine through and that's the time when you actually will see that your business is automatically growing so value the people whom you are working with uh, they are the real currency for your growth and that's for the entrepreneurs who are probably listening to this conversation amazing amazing this this conversation was gold and i had a lot of fun fun personally and i am quite sure that there are a lot of takeaways for the audience as well so that's it from my side and i had a lot of fun i hope you had fun as well i did i did have a lot have have a lot of fun talking about it it's always good to have a reflection on ourselves so yeah hope you like the show you can give your valuable feedback and suggestion of speakers you would like us to host next by writing us on www.addown.store stay tuned to our channel as we are going to come up with brand new episodes every week on friday don't forget to follow us on instagram facebook and spotify see you soon